0: Episode 1, Story 1, Chapter 1. Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Didn't Write This, a podcast written and narrated by me, Matt Clark. Every week, I bring to you a new chapter of a brand new fictional story. Details within each chapter come from you, the listeners, via Instagram and Twitter, which you can follow at IDWT Podcast on Instagram and at IDWT Pod on Twitter. Shout out to Tom McGovern for that intro. If you like comedy and music, check out his Instagram. I will be sure to link that in the description of this episode. Speaking of which, this is our first episode, which is super exciting. The inspiration for this week's chapter came from things like RomCom, Zac Efron, and Food Courier, which were all things that were voted on via Instagram and Twitter. Uh, So be sure to follow us. And when I say us, I mean me, because it's just me at this podcast right now. You know, you want to be there. You want to be included. You don't want to have FOMO in the quarantine because you didn't interact with the podcast's Instagram. And I think that that is a thing that could happen. Who knows? I tried to think of a great way to dictate how long each story would be. But I don't want to cut the head off of a snake if it works well, if that makes sense. I mean, I don't I don't want to prematurely stop a story just because it's a new month or a season or whatever. So I'm not going to restrict myself in that sense. I know that previously I have said that it'll be a new story every month. But I'm just going to run with each story until I find a good ending for each story that we write together. That's right. We're writing this together. It's called I Didn't Write This, after all. This week's story, our first story, follows a character named Brian, recently unemployed from his day job. Brian has been trying to supplement his income with a food couriering job in New York City. I don't think I need to give this story any more introduction. I think it speaks uh, for itself. So here is chapter one, story one of I Didn't Write This. Close your eyes and imagine you're in your happy place. For Brian, his happy place is a beachside mansion, filled with everything anyone could ever want, bought with the millions he made, selling novels and film scripts. A long driveway lined with trees leading to a grand entrance, which welcomes each and every guest into the home. With a huge spiraling staircase, ceilings taller than the Eiffel Tower, and anywhere you look, There are flowers arranged in the perfect way that makes them seem almost too beautiful to be real. The grand dining room seats 12, and the kitchen looks like something you'd see on the food network. There are enough sitting rooms and fireplaces to hold multiple book clubs at once, enough bedrooms and bathrooms to house an entire high school, or, well, a a small town's high school, a backyard that was larger than Central Park that leads right to the clear blue ocean. All of this kept prim and pauper by the employees of the estate. No, no butlers or maids. Employees seems like a uh, equal opportunity employer, that Brian, with his you know his happy place. In his happy place, Brian would wake up every morning to freshly squeezed orange juice made with the oranges from his own garden, as well as a huge feast filled with fruits and vegetables from his own backyard, and enough bacon and eggs and hash browns, really anything you could ever want. And it would all be enough to feed everyone in the house, employees, guests, and his little family, Brian, two medium-sized hypoallergenic dogs, and his husband, Zach, Zac Efron, of course. This is, after all, a dream, and something that seemed so far away from Brian. You see, Brian lived in a studio apartment that he could barely afford at the moment in New York City. He got some nice things, relatively speaking, but he bought them all a long time ago when he could afford where he was living. New York City was nothing like his mansion by the beach, The only grand staircases Brian walked on were going down into the subway, and he hasn't seen a clear blue ocean outside of a television, let alone live by one. Brian wakes up every morning to the smell of his own morning breath because, like most of New York, he is single, gay, and broke. Today, however, Brian is waking up to the sounds and the smells of the city, a city that's been awake for hours now. It's noon, and Brian is late meeting his friends for lunch. Fuck! Fuck! Brian yells as he realizes he's overslept. He quickly sends a text to his friend saying, on my way, then he runs to the bathroom, tripping over his dirty laundry, stripping the clothes off from last night as he prepares to take the fastest shower known to man. Being late isn't something Brian is used to. In fact, there is a picture on the wall of his apartment that reads, early is on time, on time is late, and late is unacceptable. A reminder to Brian to stay organized and focused. Two things he hasn't felt since he was fired from the New York Times for pulling an April Fool's prank on his boss two months ago, but we won't get into that right now because Brian is finally out of the shower and brushing his teeth like his life depends on it. In a flash, Brian spits out the last of his toothpaste, throws on a t-shirt and a pair of shorts, grabs his backpack that he never leaves home without, and he walks out the door, promptly remembering everything he forgot his phone, his keys, his wallet, you know, just the little things. He turns around and smacks right into his front door. Are you okay? A familiar voice calls out from down the hall. I'm fine. I just realized I forgot something inside. Usually you have to turn the knob on the door to get through it. Thanks. Brian hurries inside, his face red from embarrassment. His Brian hurries inside, his face red from the embarrassment of smacking his face against the front door, in front of Straight Sam. Straight Sam is this gorgeous six-foot hunk of a man that lives down the hall. His beard is always perfectly trim, and his hair is usually exactly in the place it's meant to be. Straight Sam is the kind of guy Brian wants to be, and wants to be with. But Brian is almost the antithesis of Sam. Brian quickly grabs what he needs and is about to walk out the door, but then he stops himself. He puts his hand on the doorknob, takes a deep breath, and then he slowly opens the door, making sure he doesn't whack himself in the face. He slowly closes the door behind him, and he looks up. Straight Sam is gone. Thank God. Brian slowly but swiftly creeps down the hallway, picking up speed. The further and further away he gets from Straight Sam's apartment, He turns the corner and runs down the stairs, and after he bursts through the front door, he smacks directly into none other than straight Sam. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Brian exclaims as if he's just run over a small child. Sam smiles, almost like he forgot Brian just ran into him after running into his own front door. It's all good. Nothing I can't handle. You late for something? Yeah, actually, lunch with my friends. You're a writer, right? No one ever asked Brian if he was a writer because he usually told them. You see, when Straight Sam moved in, Brian was at the peak of his writing career at the Times. That's why he has such nice things in his apartment, because he used to have money, but now he doesn't. Anyway. Yeah, well, technically, right now, I'm a food courier. Brian works for a food delivery app. I'm sure you have one on your phone. Just pick one and think about it. This podcast isn't sponsored yet. So that's why I haven't seen any of your work in the Times lately. Yeah. Well, you don't need someone to pay you to be a writer. I got to run. Like literally, like he's about to run. He's he exercises. He's going to go on a jog. And then and then and then he says, "I'll see you later, 205." Brian Yeah, I I know. See ya. Brian was awestruck. Holy shit, he thought to himself. Does straight Sam read the Times? Does he read it for my articles? It was a slight moment of happiness. And then the honking cab and someone screaming out their window brought him back to reality. He had somewhere to be, and he couldn't risk pissing off his friends again. Wednesday brunch in the theater district can be a steal if you go on the right day, like a Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's summer. Brian's running in shorts and a band t-shirt with a food courier backpack on his back. It was in no way going to be cute when he started running, and the worst part of it all, he had to run in the same direction as straight Sam. Then it turns out, Sam's jogging. Brian realizes what he has to do and remembers Doesn't matter anyway. He's straight Sam. He thinks, who cares if you embarrass yourself in front of him? You're late for lunch. Run like the wind, bullseye. And off he ran, right past Sam and a handful of other pedestrians. Down the subway stairs he flew, and almost like magic, the second he got to the train platform, a subway car pulled up. The doors opened to an empty car, and he hopped on. The doors closed, and he was on his way to his friends. Only now he realized why the car was empty. It had the foul stench of rotten eggs mixed with vomit, probably from last night. New York is, after all, the city that never sleeps, even on a Tuesday. It's only 15 minutes. I can suck it up, Brian thought to himself. He tried to distract himself. He looked at his phone, turned up the music on his headphones as if that's where smells enter your body. He even started breathing exclusively from his mouth, through his shirt, But even that wasn't enough in fact it only made some things worse because now he could taste the smell at the next stop brian jumped off the subway as quickly as he jumped out of bed this morning and he ran to another car far far away from the eggs and the vomit the rest of the trek was nothing short of normal for a new york city subway a group of street performers doing some flips and tourists clapping and giving them some money Someone yelling at their phone about something, and there was at least two crying children. He misses the semi quiet normal of the morning commute. No one wanting to talk or yell. Everyone was still half asleep, thinking about how much they would rather be sleeping than in a hot metal box filled with strangers on their way to a job they don't like. The subway finally arrived at Brian's stop, and he hopped off the subway and ran up the stairs to the street as fast as he got down the stairs. He rounded the corner on 8th Avenue and sprinted up three blocks. At least he was only 25 minutes late this time. A few doors down from where he was to meet his friends, Brian stopped. He caught his breath and he thought, should I even go in? It was at that exact moment when his phone started ringing. It was Rachel, and Brian knew he couldn't ignore it. Hey, I'm down the street. The subway stopped for like 20 minutes for some reason, and I had no service down there. I'm so sorry. I'll be there in a second. Well, hurry up. We already ordered drinks and apps, and we're not going to save you any guac if you don't get here in time. If Brian needed anything in this moment, it was a drink and some guac. He walked quickly and ran into the restaurant, almost knocking into a server as they put the guac down at the table where Rachel, Ash, and Rachel's current boyfriend, Jeff, were sitting. The restaurant itself was relatively small, maybe a dozen tables with four settings, a bar, and a bathroom. There were maybe half a dozen other people sitting in the dining room, and two guys in business suits sitting at the bar. The subway stopped for like 20 minutes, Ash asked. Yeah, it sucked. I'm I'm sorry for making you wait. It's okay. We're just happy you made it. Plus, my boss isn't in the office today, so I'm taking an extended lunch. Rachel worked as a dental assistant at some fancy office in the city, but when her boss wasn't in, nobody cared if she was a little bit late from her lunch, because... Truthfully, she was terrible at her job. Try this. Ash hands Brian a drink. It's just a frozen strawberry margarita, but Ash knew Brian needed it. They're best friends. They've known each other since they were both kids. Ash grew up down the street from Brian. They were practically family. Rachel came into the picture in college, and her rotation of boyfriends hasn't stopped since. They're all on the cusp of 30. Except Jeff, who's 25, and as always, gorgeous and stupid. Well, at least that's what Brian assumes. This is only his second time meeting Jeff, and the first time they were both so drunk neither of them really remembers it. You doing okay? Ash asks. Brian opens up about his depression, just enough so his friends know he's okay, but that he's depressed. Then he goes on to tell them about his awkward encounter with straight Sam. He says, I mean... We've only exchanged pleasantries in the hallway, and he came over one time when I was having a party. I had no idea he even knew I wrote for the Times, and he noticed that I hadn't been writing for them. I mean, that's got to mean something, right? Maybe he just wants to be your friend. He's still kind of new to the city, isn't he? Rachel, the quote-unquote rational one, makes a point. But Ash isn't far behind with, or maybe he's actually gay and you just don't know him well enough yet. Rachel retorts start with friendship though he's a hottie and you don't want to mess this up Mess what up all brian was going to do was see if sam wanted to get a drink sometime this weekend and take it from there let sam choose the bar jeff chimes in why all three of them turning their heads with interest it'll be sort of telling if it's a super straight sports bar then you know he's probably straight and if it's a gay bar then he's probably gay but if it's just a normal bar, like a dive bar, or a specific cuisine, then all bets are off. And who knows? He could be not straight and not gay. Who knew one of Rachel's boyfriends would actually give some good advice? Ash jokes. Shut up. He's bi, Rachel says. As if she is the one who should come out to her friends for him, and as if she was the one who were bi. You are, Brian asks, just slightly too eager. Maybe there's hope for Brian and Sam after all. He could be anything. Straight, gay, bi, pan, literally anything. All Brian knew about Sam was that he likes to work out, he lives down the hall, and he's some sort of engineer who can afford his studio apartment. He doesn't have any social media, as far as Brian can tell, and he's not on Grindr, Scruff, or any of the other gay dating apps Brian has checked out just to see if Sam wasn't straight. Side note, Brian may seem close-minded because he forgot that you could be something other than straight if you're a generally masculine-presenting cis man, but that's neither here or there because this is a rom-com, and we'll get to that later. From there, lunch continued on as normal. They talked about their lives. Rachel bitched about someone from work. Ash was talking about a new podcast they're listening to and a book they're trying to read, all while having a full-time job at a queer bar on the Upper East Side. Jeff chimed in every now and again, but he was more of a listener than any other guy Rachel has brought around. And Brian liked that. Most of the time, Rachel's guys were trying to chime in about sports or something with the stock market, when no one at the table had any desire to talk about those things. It seemed to Brian that Jeff might actually be a good guy. And he's happy for Rachel. Lunch came to a grinding halt when Rachel's phone went off. It was her co-worker calling to let her know that their boss was on his way back. He took the morning off to go to some charity breakfast, but will be in the office in 20 minutes. She had just enough time to scarf down her dessert, finish off her third drink of the lunch, and dash back to work. Ash had to head to work too, and Jeff was going to meet his brother for something, so they paid the bill and they said their goodbyes. Brian was left alone. At an empty table in a restaurant he sat down in no more than 45 minutes ago it was just after it's the early afternoon and he had no idea what he was going to do with his day the only thing he had planned was lunch he opened his food courier app to see if he could pick up some orders while he was in midtown might as well try and make some money today plus it's a nice day the sun is shining There's a decent breeze, and the sewer smell isn't too bad yet. Ding! Brian's first order for the day, and it was a big one. Must be some kind of office party. He gets a notification that says the order will be ready for pickup in 15 minutes. Brian takes his time, scanning and searching the New York City streets for inspiration for his next story as he makes his way to the first pickup of the day. That is the end of chapter one. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed writing it. I couldn't think of a name for this story, and we're going to meet some interesting characters in the coming chapters as Brian gets out on the town delivering people happiness in the form of food. So join me on Instagram and Twitter to help decide who we meet, and help me name this story. The links for the Twitter and Instagram will be in the description of this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe, stay creative, and stay yourself. And I'll see you next week for Story 1, Chapter 2.